Hey everyone, so many of us know that Tesla is a good investment, but the question is, how good is it? Well, one of the best ways would be to compare it to uh, the other mega cap tech companies, right? Like Amazon, Apple, Meta, Google. And I think it's important for us to really see exactly how does Tesla's fundamentals compare to these other FANG stocks, especially after in this environment with the most recent earnings reports. So I've asked Matthew of Fonz to join us uh, today to help us dig deeper into these metrics. Welcome, Matthias. Thank you for joining. Thank you for yeah. Thank you for having me. Wonderful. So I saw that you recently tweeted a wonderful thread where you compared the metrics for Tesla against these Fang stocks. I'd love it if you could please walk us through it and tell us, you know, what started and how you came up with all these. Oh yeah, yeah. So this is how the thread starts. Um, basically, I'm looking at trailing twelve months, right? So this starts with Q4 21. And what you can see is, uh, let's say Q4 21, all of the numbers are green. The numbers that you can see is diluted gap EPS. And the reason why I've used diluted gap EPS is because that's what uh, a price to earnings ratio is uh, derived from. So Q4 21, you see that all of the companies are uh, beating Wall Street estimates. Uh, Q1 22, yeah. And Q122, you can see that no longer all of the companies are, are, are beating estimates. And basically, what this is, is just walking over which companies from FANG has beat Wall Street estimates. Yeah. And as you can see, it's Apple and Netflix uh, and also Tesla. But keep in mind that beating Wall Street estimates is not like equivalent to growth. For instance, Netflix revised down estimates. Um, so this is just like how they fare against analyst estimates for earnings. Um, yeah. Okay. Wonderful. So right now what you're saying here is that obviously you can see Tesla's continuously consistently beating estimates and they're growing. And then we see Apple and Netflix doing okay, but the rest are just getting hammered. Mm -hmm. Right. Okay. So this is, tell me about this, uh, beautiful chart of sales growth. <laughs> yeah. This. So this is uh, a chart from the accountant yeah. and, uh, this is about revenue. Um, and this is uh, sales growth uh, year over year. So what you can see is that Fang has been growing around 8% on average, while Tesla grew revenue 56%. So this is Q3 year over year. Um, and so one thing is growing revenue. Another thing is growing net income. And I made yeah. a net income chart. And right. so as you can see, Multiple P like multiple companies grew their revenue, um, but there's only two companies that actually grew their net income, which is what should really matter to investors. Apple barely, they did like 0.6% if something like that. And as you can see, Tesla over doubled its, its net income. So one thing is beating analysts expectations. Another thing is actually growing profits, growing revenue. And Tesla does it like, no other company, at least compared to the size of uh, its valuation. Is it more than just uh, realizing that at this moment in time, Tesla is in a massive growth phase, but the others are been been around for a long time now and they're stable or they're starting to re be reduced? Yeah, so there's multiple things to this. So this is Q3 year over year. So this yeah. also means that uh, there were some lockdowns that pulled towards growth factors. So for instance, Netflix comes to mind, Amazon comes to mind. So some of these comparisons will also be a little bit tougher for these companies 
that did that fared very well in lockdowns and for instance like netflix is just the obvious one right people are no longer locked in an apartment so they might cut down on their mm-hmm. subscription uh the economy is not that great either so people if you save you don't want to save on your essentials. You might save on something like your Netflix subscription and stuff like this. So this is important to keep in mind. This is year over year, Mm -hmm. but because of the situation with COVID, there's also some uh, pretty tough comparisons for uh, some of these companies. Okay. Wonderful. So now you were telling me this, which is a kind of confused me a little bit, but you need to explain you were saying that, you know, we, what we just did is walk through how Tesla's fundamentals compared to the FANG stocks. And each company has something, you know, different that's happening to them. And it seems like a few of them actually got hammered last year, especially the last quarter. But instead of Apple, you were telling me that you prefer to compare Tesla to Amazon. And why is that? Like most of us are saying, hey, right now it's Tesla and Apple that are really the kind of staying strong during this massive economic downturn but you were you did this wonderful thread on comparing Tesla to Amazon. Yeah, okay. sure. So there's two things to this. Um, Apple is doing uh, better than the other companies, as you yeah. could see in this, uh, other slides, because their fundamentals are just better. Um, so I think that Apple is a good comparison to Tesla from a business perspective. Mm-hmm. They're making hardware. They have software similar to how Tesla runs their model, right? Like let's compare it to like Netflix, which is a subscription service. Mm-hmm. Um, but the reason why I like comparing Tesla to Amazon is actually based off of valuation. Mm-hmm. So I think, well, this is pretty obvious. I think in the, in the thread that I posted, um, Tesla and Amazon were like the only companies uh, with a market cap over 350 billion at the time. And this is like uh, maybe five day old thread or something like that depending on when this video airs um, with a PE ratio over 35. And at the time, Amazon had a PE of 95 and Mm -hmm. Tesla had a PE of 71 Mm -hmm. compared to Apple, which is probably mid to low twenties. So I think that Tesla is better like running a comparison against Amazon based off of valuation alone. Okay, um, and so this slide, what did, what it is, is just basically just showing like, how did they fare diluted gap earnings? Um, you can see that Amazon uh, did very poorly in Q1 and Q2 of this year. And trailing 12 months, they have um, not beat estimates. So they missed Wall Street estimates. Once again, Tesla, all green, beat every single time and beat uh, over the trailing 12 months. What's your comment when people go, well, the PE ratio is now around $5 for Amazon. Do you think that it's about to continue to grow in the next year? And then the other comment is the PE. This is trailing, I'm sure, 70 Mm -hmm. for Tesla. And everybody are saying, well, that's too high. Um, But not for a growth company, right? What's your comment on that? Yeah. So, and and we'll touch on this uh, briefly uh, later, but... A, a high PE is not necessarily a bad thing. If you're mm. growing your net income, for instance, Tesla grew it 100%. Right. If Tesla uh, grows another 100%, for instance, I could say that I think Tesla will do around uh, $9 yeah. in 2023 earnings. Yeah. Let's say Tesla is trading at around 200 now. The PE ratio that you see right now is going to be cut 
like severely if Tesla keeps um, producing net income growth like we've seen in the past. So a high PE is usually for a company growing its top, but especially its bottom line um, very, very fast, at least compared to peers. There's more to this, like total addressable market and stuff like this, but just boiling it down, that's the most essential uh, okay. thing to look at, in my opinion. Wonderful. Tell me about this one. Okay, revenue so growth. this is uh, yeah, this is revenue growth, and as you can see, yeah. Amazon grew revenue fifteen percent year over year. Tesla around fifty six percent, and what's like really really interesting is how this fares on net income, which is the net yeah. next chart. Um, and and what you'll see is that despite growing its revenue fifteen percent, Amazon is actually not growing its profits. Yeah. Tesla grew its revenue over fifty percent but it doubled this profit. So that's wow. very, very good. Um, that's like textbook for just stellar financials. Um, so, yeah. Right, right, right. I mean, this is something that we don't talk enough about, right? The, the real power of Tesla is the efficiencies, the manufacturing, the factories, the ability to cut costs. And so the, while we're watching them, you know, exponentially grow sales because the EV market is just beginning, they happen to also be able to continuously cut the cost while they're doing that. So it's going to be mind boggling what that will end up showing up as earnings in the future. Yeah. Tell me about these huge slides. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So this is, this is going to look like a lot, but basically, yeah. so I, I, I just said that we, we touch on a uh, valuation and yeah. this is how I think of, of valuating like, I'm invested in two companies, one of them being Tesla, around 70% of my portfolio. And yeah. the reason why I love Tesla as an investment um, is basically because it's growing uh, its net income so fast. And it, it has just a tremendous tan. Like it's mind boggling right. when you think about what could happen with FSD and robots. And it, sure. it just, it, it, it's, it's nuts. But so this is how I think about it. I, I use options um when i invest and uh, and basically if you're in like short term bets i think it's very important to think about how the market works and institutional investors is the majority of uh like um the majority of uh, the volume that pushes around the stock and short term sentiment and stuff like this and and the reason why i love to look at 2023 earnings is that that gives me a good idea of where I think Tesla could be, let's say in January, 2024. Um, and just an example could be this yeah. slide, which is made by the accountant. And yeah. he has a diluted gap EPS at $9, right? Yeah. So if it's at $9, that means Tesla once again, grew around like doubled its net income. And, and if that happens, what kind of PE ratio would you give that company? So for instance, what I would say is, I think a company like that deserves a 60 PE ratio. So you basically just take nine, $9 and you time, times it by Six. 60, right? And 60. then you get yeah. what, what would the stock market price yeah. Tesla if I was the one in charge of the voting rights? <laughs> I'm not, but yeah. I think that's somewhat conservative. So when people are thinking short term, and this can also be like institutional managers, their bonuses yeah. depend on how they do every single quarter, stuff like this. They're not looking out super long term, which is what I think retail investors should. Yeah. They're more looking like 
for stuff like this. But keep in mind, Wall Street has, I think, Tesla at around like under six dollars uh, for 2023. So this is also something to keep in mind that when the accountant, he's he's very good, but I'm not saying that this is what's going to happen. But if we see nine dollars, yeah. we're just going to have to see more of Wall Street. Tesla beats Wall Street estimates. Wall Street revises up. Stock price goes up. Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah, I, I think, think we're going to see the Wall Street estimates rise up in the next quarter, especially after the Q4 numbers come out, they will just have to go. So right now, I think you said $6 or $7. And I think most retail uh, analysts like James Stevenson and others, we've got them mm-hmm. over $8. And, you know, the ranges, oh, yeah. but it's like 8 9 10 Some people even said 12 we don't know, but it's going to be around the eight, nine at the minimum, as far as, uh, as far as we're concerned, especially what we're seeing with the China numbers this quarter. We'll see, right? Cross fingers. Okay. And then tell me about this uh, final uh, deck here. Yeah. So um, the other deck that we just talked about is for figuring out what could happen short term. Mm. This deck is what I think long-term investors should think about. So this is um, a discounted valuation. It's made by uh, JPR on Twitter. And basically what he does is he looks out 2032, figures out um, how is Tesla going to fare based off of its uh, net income, and then he discounts it back. So, yeah. But keep in mind that this chart is old. I just talked to JPR today, and he's he's making a new one. So we're talking about pre-split prices here so um basically what jpr thinks is that in 2032 tesla should be worth around three point five thousand dollars and he discounts that back to present (laughs) day what he does is he discounts it back at 15 percent per annum for instance i know that gary black institutional investor he has a discount rate for 13.7 percent it gets a little complex and institutional investors love to throw around fancy words. For instance, um, Gary has his 13.7 is based off of a 4% 10 year treasury, 6% equity risk premium times Tesla's 1.6 beta. And people are like, what does that mean? Basically this is what institutional investors love to do. Um, Love using these fancy terms to determine different ways to assess their investments. What JPR does is basically saying that a higher discount rate means that you're more conservative. And if you're more conservative, you're likely gonna like, it's it's just better to be conservative when you, when you invest. So he thinks long-term and discounts it back to present day. He gets a buyer price, which is a 10 PE for him and a seller's price, which is a 20 PE. So that way you have a range where you see, I want to add one Tesla is under, let's say 250 bucks. And I'm okay with maybe selling or trimming my position if it goes over 500. So basically that's like two different ways to navigate the market, one short-term and one long-term. Wonderful. Okay. Well, thank you so much for this. I really appreciate this uh, walking through us through your threads. One of the topics I think I'd like to cover next would be the the concept of what JPR did recently and uh, where he showed that the growth of the EV market is exponential, as we know, but then the, he also overlaid it with the demise of the ICE vehicles. 
And it could very well, it's which is happening faster than everybody even anticipated. So it could very well happen that there's just not enough uh, people wanting to buy ice cars anymore. And the demand for the EV is way more at that point. And then whoever's ready to, you know, create, whoever creates the most will be able to sell the most. So every EV will be sold. Interesting. Thank you again, Matthews. Appreciate this. Everybody, please follow Matthews. He is uh, just hitting it out of the park he, on his Twitter. It's at Holger Donske uh, 9, H O L G E R. I changed it today. You did? I changed, what is it? Yeah. I, I got tagged in a lot of stuff. So I wanted to narrow it down a little bit. Fonz uh, DK. There you Bonds go. DK. Yes. <laughs> I love it. I appreciate it. Uh, DK must stand for Denmark, right? Yeah. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Okay. Now we got you. Herbert awesome. Is a smart guy. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Okay, guys. Thanks, everybody. Appreciate it. I'm sure we all got brighter. Thanks, everybody.